Good evening, America. Welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. We are coming to you live on Twitch, DLive, and the Foxhole app. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the uh, Wednesday hump day, pardon me, um, hump day edition. And it was, we got uh, May 2nd. Oh, God, I am a month behind. What's going on there? June 2nd, 2021. And I'm your host, Mr. C. I hope you're looking forward to another great C report, or at least I hope you think it's great. But either way, we got some pretty good stories up for you guys today. I'm sure throughout the course of the day, a lot of you guys have already heard some of these headlines, but we'll go ahead and delve a little bit deep into them because after all, we've got to archive this important news here at the Sea Report. We have some audit news coming up. Audit, audit, audit. That is the word of the day. And then also some COVID news. So that's pretty much the topics that we'll be hitting throughout the afternoon. And then uh, we'll, you know, we'll just see where we go from there. But first of all, as always, let's go ahead and start off with our chat recap from yesterday's episode so this way we can kind of tie everybody in uh we had monkey toes 71 in the house d patriot 1776 beck w727 cherokee george cloud watcher just to be nick walls and a big thanks to d uh, patriot 1776 for gifting um a can of gold pills um thanks for all your hard work mr c i appreciate you sir for the donation Giuseppe in the house always good to have you with us tam growl thank you for the gold pill donation of a can little late is better than never and i'll tell you what guys um it's always great to have you along with me on this journey 17 angels also in the house just b says California radio ads are saying how tens of thousands of people have taken the jab and it's perfectly safe. Pissed me off so badly. <laughs> well, just be, what can I say about that? You know, <laughs> my first question would be, did uh, any of this COVID relief money go into paying for those ads? Because if so, I mean, come on, they're already lying to us. They're already trying to get us to take the jab. And then they're using more propaganda by buying radio ads like uh, these people who are buying uh, lotto tickets uh, to force their people to have this desire. It's like they're playing especially, especially on those who don't make like what, six or seven or eight figures, right? They're going to go ahead and like try and convince them to get this experimental, uh, you know, vaccine or whatever you want to call it. Right, they're gonna force them into it by, I would say, under duress of of uh, of being poor, under duress, under duress of of remaining poor and having no money. They will force these people to go with their jabs. So that's why we were talking about that yesterday, and probably on the episode before that as well. That uh, you know, if if you know, they're gonna be pushing all these things, and they're gonna be lying to us essentially. And I'm pretty sure all of you all are aware out there that the lies are coming to the surface. They are floating right to the top like a gas baby full of hot air in the middle of the ocean. 
rising right to the top. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to see how much their gas smells because it's pretty bad. And they should be sued. California Radio should be sued for running ads like that anyways, because it's a lie and everyone knows it. Um, it's just this, you talk about echo chambers, right? The echo chamber of the mainstream media and what? The, uh, the media industrial complex, we can call it that. How about the... Uh, the uh, uh, advertising propaganda industrial complex, can we call that it also? Uh, we can call all of it that because they're all about the money. They're all about whatever little dollars seep into their pockets via whether it's government subsidies or multinational corporations, right? They should all be held accountable for it. That's what I think. I think we should set that standard, right? We should set that standard, you know, because the truth will come out. It is known the truth will come out. Just the right to, oh wait, right to try is applicable only if you're dying. Just be, that made me so, so sad. I hope that's not true, but you know, it probably, I mean, really, uh, I would say what, like dying or maybe something terminable or or something like that. I mean, that would make sense, I guess. It, it absolutely does. I was not aware if that that's a clause in the right to try, but uh, but indeed that does make sense, but it is a little sad. It is a little sad. 17 Angels, this is exposing the doctors that aren't putting patients first. You know, heck yeah, heck yeah. And that's what we're talking about there. You know, I that's the, that's the angle I like to take 17 Angels whenever it's like, oh my goodness, all of this, this, this information is coming out. We're discovering how everyone is and, and how, how the systems really work. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, at least we're shining the light on how these people think. You know, that's why I... That's why this past week I've kind of referred to Grey's Anatomy as one of those. I mean, I'm sure it's great television. I mean, I, 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 I heard my sister run through uh, the entire series on repeat three times, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's got, it's, got, it's got its moments, I'm sure. But at the same time, it, it, just, it just went to show me the kind of brainwashing mind-numbing stories and interactions that now everyone in the hospital, like imagine all the millennials who grew up on that, right? Watching their older sister or brother or their mother or their father or whomever watching this show thinking, oh, that's what it's going to be like to be a doctor. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be standing there with our fingers in people's hearts and complaining about our love lives and not even thinking about the emotions that we're putting into the surgery, right? Or into that. I mean, none of that. It goes out the door because all of a sudden the doctor's life is a good drama life it's love it's hate it's relationships it's not even thinking about your patients right we're going to be busy talking about you know our children or or our lovers or whatever instead of focusing on work right and that is the work of saving people's lives and you know it's not just gray's anatomy i mean there's a whole bunch of other i mean personally i really liked nurse jackie but you know again there you go you have a drug addict working at the doctor's uh, hospital agency so that's just Kind of some of the stuff that I'm talking about there. But I mean, again, like I said, my family cannot sit down with me and watch those things without me saying something. And I know sometimes it drives them crazy, but it's just an example. But yes, just be. This is exposing the doctors that don't care about their patients, especially when the science is out there, even though it's being stifled and they're not doing their due diligence, they're not take, they're not following their Socratic oath, right? To go ahead and make sure that we put our patients' well-being first. And, you know, 
I've been in and out of hospitals, not personally, but with family or, you know, situations like that, where we have had, you know, doctors who show that real cynical side, or, oh my goodness, don't even let me tell you about the time that, you know, I went into a doctor's office with one of my family members and we were not wearing our masks. That doctor nearly tripped the hell out. And it was like, every time we went to go see that doctor thereafter, he had a certain apprehension against us. So there again, you know, not putting your patient's care first because of personal problems that they have with the way that we live our life. That says a lot. <laughs> now, on the flip side, we have had those doctors that do have that empathy for their patients, that do have that care for their patients. And those doctors, I always make a point, doctors, nurses, nurses assistants, what have you, I always make a point to thank them for really having either really good bedside manners or just really showing that they care. And I think those are the ones that should be rewarded for those types of activities, however it is. But I think I think an extension of gratitude towards them for the way that they handle their, and they're probably thinking, this is my job. This is what I do. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not going out on a, this is who I am, right? And, and the thing, the sad thing is we have to really let them know, look, a lot of them out there are very apathetic. A lot of them out there are very cynical and don't care. A lot of them are patient, paycheck pushers, as the phrase goes. A lot of them are just there to make the money. That's why they got involved in the business to begin with. But I think, I think there needs to be some sort of aptitude test for people who want to go into medicine and being a doctor. So you can like kind of figure out that they're not going into it just to make money, but they're going into it because they have a genuine care for life. Anyways, okay, so we had some good conversation, obviously, in our last episode. Uh, Monkey Toast 71, there's no money in healthy people. 100% true. I was just having this conversation with a family member earlier. And yeah, I mean, it might have been last night. It was like, yeah, you know, uh, there is no money in cures. There is no money in cures. And that's why a lot of them have locked away all of their medical health secrets and everything that could heal people for so long. And then this, that's just the way it is, you know, but it does not have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. What are they going to do when the med beds become public? I want to know. Anyways, okay. Um, Cloud Watcher says, rumblings about Trump being reinstated in August. Monkey Toe 71 says, Mike Lindell said it first. Um, was it on the war room? Now, yes, 100%. I heard all of this too. It was Mike Lindell who said it first. I don't remember where he said it, though. So props to you, Monkey Toes, if you have that long memory. Uh, but yes, there there are rumblings of President Trump becoming president or being optically reinstated as a president. I think it was like August. It was either August 5th or August 15th, right? One of those dates. We'll see what happens. I don't know, because, um, again, I was thinking, like, if uh, all of these audits reveal fraud, and then they would maybe they would just have to undo all of the uh, uh, elections that happened. Like you could do it per state, deep state, if that's how you want to do it. If that's how the Democrats want to play it, per state. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, because I, I was thinking about this as I was going through some of the election audit news that we'll be covering today, and I've said in the past that if they reveal fraud, for example, in Arizona. If they reveal fraud in Arizona, then they would have to possibly disqualify that entire election because we don't know who really voted for who, right? 
And so then maybe they'd have to do um, another election in the state. And we're just talking about Arizona. We're not talking about all 50. Um, and so let's say then they have to do another election in the state of Arizona, right? Then I thought this. What if because and the reason why I say that is because if there was fraud, they'd have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt who voted for who. But if there was fraud, then they couldn't really say Trump or Biden won or any of their state legislatures or anyone who was down ballots during that election. Correct. Oh, correct. So then I thought this. But what if through the audit they find that something like one to two thousand ballots were not even real? They were not even real. They were fake, phony, and false, as Dave would say, right? Then I thought, well, then they would take into consideration the ones that they could determine were real, and they could determine who the populist or the electoral winner was. And if they did it that way, then they would most definitely find that President Trump had, in fact, won the seat in that election. So... Maybe it is possible. Maybe they could reinstate him as president in August or September or October. The October surprise! President Trump is sitting on the seat of the office of the presidency again. Very possible, if you ask me. Very possible. Uh, just, you know, see, just we got to think these things through, right, guys? And, and you know, thank you guys for that conversation because it spurs my thoughts. And I'm kind of like thinking like, yeah, you know, like if they disc if they can verify X amount of ballots are fake, right? And then they can just go back and count all of those legitimate ballots, and they do, in fact, find Trump in favor, then there's no reason why they could not just reinstate him. To be continued, we will find out, I'm sure, at least sometime after June, okay? Because they have to uh, finish the audit in Arizona, and that's that's the that's the clincher right there, right? That's the main one because they're doing the hardest, most honest work of all of the audits. As we covered New Hampshire yesterday. Now, guys, if you're sitting in the foxhole and you did not get to see the replay yesterday, it's not working. But uh, I'll, I'll get with the boss later on tonight and uh, I'll just let him know what's up about that. So if you want to see the replay, you could always head over to my Twitch. We'll put that on the screen later on. Okay, guys, back to this chat recap. Um, we have Napkinator. Thank you so much. It says Mr. C for the win. And he gifted me some shades or she gifted me some shades. Thank you so much. Napkinator 79. That's a gold pill right there. A monkey toe 71 Nuremberg trial for sure. Uh, yes, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about Fauci and we're talking about these doctors and all this experimental gene therapy that they're giving us without consent. Right. Um, monkey toe 71. I'm a Mr. C felon. Well, I'm proud that you are, and I'm proud that you serve your time as well, because that's the way it goes, right? <laughs> if you're going to get in trouble for something, guys, and I've been there, I'll be the first to tell you, never trust anyone who's never been to jail, right? Because that means they're lying and they're getting away with it. No, it's a joke. Uh, but like, um, yeah, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to serve the time, you shouldn't and you do and you and you do, well, I'm probably going off into tangents. I don't need to go off here right now, honestly. But if you know, I mean, own it, you know? And the only reason why I say that is because, look, guys, I've, I've, I had a mugshot or two out there. And, you know, in the course of, you know, standing up for President Trump, talking about, you know, my my well, my thoughts on, on politics, that is, you know, obviously America first, patriotism, love for America. I have had people troll me 
troll me and pull up my mugshot and post it on the internet and be like, well, you serve time, blah, 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 blah. And all I had to say to that was, that's right. I did it. I completed it. And everything that I had to do, and I, my life is an open book. Like, it is an open book. Like, read the book. I mean, come on. Anyways, it's out there. Like, I'm not embarrassed. But yeah, that's why Mr. C. Bellin, uh I guess that puts a new uh, puts a new spin on Mr. C. Bellin, right? But I'm glad you guys are repeat offenders. Um, and you are you are proud to call yourselves Mr. C. Felons. <laughs> That that's just tickles me a little bit. Uh, Joy for Trump was in the house. Uh, Napkinator also thought that the felon part was hilarious. The speak an easy, hey, bro. What's going on, brother? What's going on? Glad to see you in the house. Uh, Tam Goral, our ballots are worth more than gold right now, and the enemy knows it. And you know, Tam, that made me think about something, too, because, you know, our vote as it represents our, it's like a symbol of our freedom because it's a representation of our voice, is the most coveted thing in the world. Our ability to vote, our ability to, to voice, our ability to be free, the most coveted thing in the world, worth more than the weight in gold. You're 100% right, Tam Growl. It's coveted. People around the world are jealous because, and not jealous in a bad way, but covet, I mean, it's probably a better way to put it, because we have something that they don't have. And right now, just like they tried to, they just like they took all our gold in the 1930s, right? And then they took us off the gold standard in the 1970s. They're trying to take our vote, our voice, our freedom, and we have to tell them, no. Nah. Okay. Nick Walls says, Maricopa is still in counting, but we are holding out hope as always. Guys, like, they really need to do, like, a super huge false flag, drop a bomb, or start a war in order to derail this. Like, it's like, there's no way they can derail it at this point. Like it's, it's just, it is not only has it caught fire, you know, we had some Antifa spread gas all over the country and now the whole country is ablaze with this audit fever. Like it's coming guys, like it's coming. We're seeing it come everywhere. It's just, it takes its time. We have to have not just hope, but patience, Nick Walls, not just hope, but patience and faith. You know, uh, and and someone once said in one of the foxhole chats that uh, faith goes hand in hand with patience. And I would say hope as well to that point. And then speak and easy. Thank you for coming by yesterday. And also the support brother uh, gifted a gold can, a gold pill can, uh, a can that holds gold pills, whatever you want to call it. Um, but thank you for the donation, sir, and the support. Monkey Toes. Okay. Uh, Monkey Toes was just hot all over the place yesterday. Fam, gonna lurk, gotta cook. I'll be back. Meatloaf requires both hands. Okay. I had to include that in there because it's been a while since I had a good meatloaf. And you know, when you guys start talking about food, oh man, I'm a foodie. Like, I had to bust out my large shirts because... <laughs> I had to bust out my large shirts because my mediums aren't fitting anymore. I'm like, I can't breathe it here. Okay. Oh, God. You guys can't see what's underneath this coat. Angel wings in the house. Monkey toes. Monkey toes with full hands. Mashed potatoes, green beans, and corn on the cob. Yummy, yummy. I haven't had dinner yet. You're going to make me hungry. Uh, and then she says, uh, monkey toes, disagree with Trump on that one thing. The vax isn't saving. It's hurting. Promote choice, Mr. President. I ain't mad, though. You know what? monkey toes 
We talked about this yesterday. Uh, I think I addressed it uh, during the the show, so I'm not going to linger on it. But what I will say is I found something else to be mad at President Trump about. I'm pretty sour, guys, because he took away his news desk, right? And that was the only way I was able to get the Trump statement updates, like, in a timely fashion. And he's just added a one-hour load onto my prep time for the C-Report by taking it away. Come on, Mr. Trump. If you need someone to do it for you on the daily, I'm free. I don't got a job. I do this for free. Like, help me out here, sir. I, <laughs> you can employ me fully, and I will update your website for you. Anyways, okay, cool. All right, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, just be, oh, God, just be your can of gold pills. Came in handy. Drinks to help me cool down. I could cool, I could cool down right now. Let me tell you what. Um, just be also says, when you have people in the meeting with purple hair, what else could you expect? Now, I, I'm not 100% recalling what we were talking about, but I do know for a fact Hood's Pelosi and her pictures, there's some like old gremlin reptilian lady in her pictures that has like the green and like purple hair. I think that's who you're talking about. Um, and then and then just V went on to say they want us to pick up arms so that we can call they can call in the United Nations to help. And I think we were talking about at that point about how um you know uh some of the patriot scenes have been infiltrated by those who call for violence, you know, and and then that way if the patriots get violent they can call in the United Nations, which is what they want to do. They want the UN army to come storming through our cities, you know but that ain't going to happen because this community is so good that they're not going to allow that to happen. It would have happened already if it was going to happen. And so I'm very glad about that. Cloud Watcher says, what if vaccines are helping some people? And this is a true fact. You know, some of these mRNA experimental gene therapies, those ones I don't think are really helping people. I mean, granted, granted, like what, only 4,000 have died compared to the millions that have gone around around the world. But again, there's verifies that that is like, what, 30 times more reports than they get in a year that they've gotten within the span of what, like uh, October to May, you know, so that's something to think about. And then... um Let's see, Jess V chimes in, the J&J jab does not have the mRNA. Maybe that one's helping, but still contains poison. True that. They both contain poison. I mean, all four of them contain poison. The J&J is not an mRNA, right? And neither is the AstraZeneca. Um, the mRNA are the, the uh, Moderna and the Pfizer. So those ones, if, 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 and this is a big if because I'll never do it, right? But if I had to choose, I would die first. Uh, just kidding. No, like if I had to choose, uh, I would not take the mRNA ones. I would not take the Moderna or the Pfizer for sure, because I don't want to become a COVID factory, right? But at the same time, yes, uh, uh, we even covered it on a C report. There is a, a poison. Um, there is a chemical that is considered not safe for humans, and we we covered this, I think, last week on the Sea Report, where we showed you what was going on in Connecticut and how their government had released the documents showing all of this information. But not only that, guys, all four of them, well, the mRNA causes you to grow the spike protein that is COVID. 
And um, supposedly the J&J, &J, the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca contain the spike protein. And that spike protein is what has been resulting in so much cardiovascular, or it's not cardiovascular, well, vascular, vascular, um, um, you know, uh, discrepancies, eruptions, interruptions in what would normally be a human healthy body. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, so just don't do it, guys. Uh, we have a report at the end of this, towards the end of this episode, where we'll be talking about natural immunity and and stuff like that so we'll get into that in just a minute why take these vaccines be healthy you know get your sunshine and eat right and um and and things should go well for you okay nick wall says in the future there will be commercials that say if you or a loved one had a side effect from the vaccine you may be eligible for 100 you're right and i hope everyone present jumps in on that class action lawsuit because let's just say it if they're going to say if you or a loved one had side effects, bollocks to that, bollocks to that, because the truth of the matter is they interrupted that we are like humanity interrupted, right? Like they interrupted our entire life. They 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 created a new normal, right? Which was just their way of saying, uh, get used to what we're forcing on you for the rest of your existence and for your children's existence and their children's existence. We don't got to do that. Screw that, right? They 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 took our jobs, <laughs> you know. They took our social life. They ruined everything. People die. They didn't let us go be with our family in the hospitals. You know, everyone has a story, a, a, a COVID horror story. No matter how you want to put it on the scale of things, uh, respectively speaking, everyone was hit in their own personal way and has a story to tell because of this lie, this entire sham, this pandemic that they forced upon us and now they're trying to force these shots into our arms and i say to thee nay and stop your evil ways okay all right cloud watcher says gender trans surgery is child abuse doy ignorant f's yes 100 percent. i don't remember what we were talking about that we got into gender trans surgery oh you know what this must have been during the trump and dick morris uh interview that we um, watched yesterday yeah I mean, yes, that is, it is child abuse, guys, child abuse, even if it's from the parents, child abuse, like it is disgusting that they would think that they could do that to their own children, let alone let those children make up their own minds in that regard. It's disgusting. Okay. Bruce Q. Wayne was in the house. What up, Batman? Okay. So yeah, it was like, whenever we get a foxhole celebrity in the house, it always makes me excited. Thanks for dropping in, Bruce Q. Wayne. I hope everyone went to go see your show later on that night. Steve B. 15601 in the house. What's going on? Anon 1052 2435. God, are there that many anonymous people on Foxhole? Anyways, said, hey, what's going on, Mr. C? Uh, Canada Dave was waving from off the grid. Oh yeah. Hey, welcome back Canada Dave. I remember you being in the um the room the other night. Just fed up Castle Drummer Curious Cat Helios 1. Always fun to have you Helios 1 in the house. Uh and and yeah, so that was uh, yesterday's chat recap. You had a pretty good show yesterday. I thought it was a pretty good show. Now you cannot you still cannot currently see the replay. It's not replaying. Well, okay, I take it back. You can see the replay if you go to DLive or Twitch. In fact, let me go and get, okay, so you can follow me at twitch.tv slash the C report. If you'd like to see any replays, just in case they're not playing back at the home. Um, and then you can go ahead and uh, follow me there. The shows are good for 15 days and then they expire. 
But if you're over at the Foxhole app, they're there forever, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to get on the horn with the boss post-show, and I'll just let them know what's going on. And uh, and then, yeah. Okay, okay. So since I was doing a chat recap now, uh, so, uh, so to some of our viewers over in Twitch, uh, we got Oy Ve Goyim. Oh, ooh, are you a Goyim? 1889? No, anyways. <laughs> we keep having these people asking me these random thoughts. Thoughts on third I don't know what that is, sir or ma'am, whatever you are. Uh, but those are like those are like loaded questions. Like someone was like, "What do you think about Israel?" I personally want to join this, this, and that, and blah, 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 blah. Tell me your thoughts. And then yeah, it's just to probably trip me up or something. So, uh, oy, oy ve goyim. I don't, I don't personally view anyone as a goyim. But uh, thanks for joining us over there. I'm not going to answer your question because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And then um, Rascal Nikov. The murderer. Thank you for joining us again, Raskolnikov. The murderer. Is that a pocket square, my friend? I've had a pocket square in my pocket since you started watching. Hey, Katie man, how are you doing? It's good to see you too. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Katie man, I think you're over in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Uh, but anyways, thanks guys. So just so you all know, um, I do chat recaps from the previous show. Uh, at the head of the shows. So in case you're wondering, why doesn't this guy ever talk to me in Twitch or DLive? Because uh, someone, I had a troll and they were like, they were like, you need to talk to people if you want them to respond and have more than one person in the audience. I was like, guys, I got like 200 people standing behind me on other platforms. I don't necessarily need Twitch, but thanks for watching anyways. Um, Ras Kolnikov, the murderer. Thank you for showing up. You've been here like, the last three shows, and uh, I, I appreciate you being present, and um, and it's always good to have those e on any platform, you know, but um, I, I really appreciate the meaningful ones, too. Okay, guys, all right, so let's go ahead and get into today's C-Report. Now, as always, President Trump does lead at the C-Report, so let me get the man on the screen. Okay, so now, as I was saying during our chat recap, guys, as I was saying, President Trump finally gave me something to be angry at him with. I was just like, this morning, I was like, no! <laughs> I was like, darn you, President Trump! Okay, so his um, news desk, which other was otherwise re referred to as the blog, um, which was otherwise referred to as his social media, right? They decided to do away with it. So now, Mr. Trump, President Trump, I have to add an hour of prep time onto my show just to figure out what the heck you're saying because contrary to general belief when you go and you sign up for his save america pack or his news updates i have not received one email from this man with his statements like it said it said to receive statements and updates from president trump sign up for, i've signed up for three or four different ones and he has never emailed me a statement so let me guys know if you're getting those statements in your email let me know what the magic key is the magic button do i have to donate x amount of money to get these daily statements or do i need to go volunteer for his office to be the one to update his website because here we are on june 2nd and he doesn't have any of his updates on his website President Trump, I'm calling you out. Help a brother out here, man. Like, I just want to 
that share your statements with the world. Uh, but so now basically anyways, the news desk is gone. So we won't have those up to date statements from the president, at least for the foreseeable future. But kind of what this is saying to me is he's probably getting ready to actually release his social media platform since that has come up to the surface again. And people are talking about that again. So I'm thinking that's the reason why the news desk went down, other than the fact that he does not have a staff that can keep up with him or something like that. I'll help you out, sir. I'll volunteer. Put me on your, uh, you know, make me an intern or something like that. I know you're a trustworthy man. But anyways, that's just kind of what I'm saying. Uh, so anyways, but I did hunt down some of his statements. Don't you worry, guys. Like, I, I did my diligence. It just took me, it just added more to my workload. But it's okay. <laughs> Uh, let's go with this one first. Oh, fortunately, people out there like dress these up nice and purdy. So this way I don't have to. Uh, so this one was this one's a good one. This one's a Texas one. This one's for me. All right. June 1st, as of yesterday, President Trump went ahead and said, Facebook says Jen Coop. I don't have Facebook. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The odds are stacked against me. Okay. If I need to make another Facebook just to see President Trump's updates, I will. But wait, Jen, Jen Coop, Trump is not on Facebook. So please, please kindly place in the Twitch box <laughs> what page you're getting his up-to-the-minute updates on. And I will forever be eternally grateful to you, Jen Coop. Okay. All right. So an endorsement of Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. Now, Greg Abbott's done some pretty damn good work in the last, you know, couple of couple of quadruple of years, right? So uh, I'm all for it. Uh, President Trump says, Greg Abbott is a fighter and a great governor for the incredible people of Texas. Why, thank you. No governor has done more to secure the border and keep our communities safe than Governor Abbott. Greg is a staunch defender of the Second Amendment and has made Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Texas has become a job-creating machine, and our partnership helped restore America's economic power and success. Greg is also very tough on crime, fully supports the brave men and women of law enforcement, and is all in on election integrity. Governor Greg Abbott will continue to be a great leader for the Lone Star State and has come and has my complete and total, capital letters, guys, total endorsement for re-election. He will never let you down. And you know, guys, at this point, I kind of feel the same way about our governor. Uh, very, very pleased with the work that he has done. And uh, so we're going to follow that up with a statement from Governor Abbott. Why not, guys? I mean, how many people get to respond to the president? Okay, so uh, Governor Abbott says, uh, Governor Abbott today issued a statement. Uh, let me go ahead and expand that for you all. Issued a statement after former President Donald Trump endorsed the governor for re-election. President Trump is a great friend of Texas, and I thank him for his endorsement. I am proud of the work we have done together to secure our border, bring more jobs to Texas, and protect the freedoms that make America and Texas great. And we are just getting started. I thank President Trump for his leadership, and I will continue to fight for the values that make Texas the greatest state in America. So thank you, Governor Abbott, for that response to our president. And I got to say, guys, with everything that's been going on here in the C Report, and I do mean with the election audits, some of the rambling headlines, and especially COVID as well, I have most definitely neglected my state of Texas. So just so you know, I got a new show in the works. 
and uh, I'll leave it there. But uh, yeah, so the C report, of course, will continue. But I gotta do more, guys, because because people didn't like the video games, <laughs> even if we were shooting COVID zombies. So I'm gonna bring you some more news, guys. We we got more stuff coming up on the C channel. I promise you. I promise you. Okay, our next statement. Let's see. That's Abbott. Okay, statement. Uh, okay, so this one is a pretty interesting statement about uh, Mexico and the border and remaining in Mexico if you don't belong here. Okay, let's see what Mr. President. President Trump had to say, I probably sound, I probably sound like a true Mexican because I'm all Mr. President, Mr. President. Anyways, okay. So it says, uh, remain in Mexico, also known as MPP, the Migrant Protection Protocols, was not only a historic foreign policy triumph, but one of the most successful border security programs anyone has ever put into effect anywhere. Along with our Central America Safe Third Agreements, asylum reforms, and expedited removal procedures, we drove border numbers to record lows, and we ended the horrendous practice known as catch and release. No American president had ever done more to defend the border and safeguard the whole immigration system. The Biden administration inherited the most secure border in history, and they turned it into the greatest border disaster in history. Our border is now run by cartels, Kamala Harris, criminals, and coyotes. Illegal, he didn't say Kamala. Anyways, illegal immigrants, gang members, and lethal drugs are pouring across like never before. Not only are illegal immigrants being caught and released, they are being put up in hotels at taxpayer expense. Our country is being destroyed before our very eyes. The Biden administration's disastrous decision to formally end the remain in Mexico policy is proof that their objective is to eliminate the United States border entirely and flood the country with so many illegal aliens and unaccompanied minors that every community is overwhelmed. Joe Biden is the first American president who doesn't want America to be a nation at all. That is pretty damning, if you ask me. Pretty damning, and I would have to agree. Now, it, 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 you know, it startled me, you know, that not just were they allowing these people in, but you know, they're flying them into the country. They're giving them like thousands of dollars just to get themselves established, just to get themselves somewhere to stay, so they can be the brand new voting block for the progressives and the Democrats. Insane, guys. Totally insane. All right, one more statement from the prayers. Oh, that's coming up, guys. Whoops, my bad. Where is it at? Oh, here it is. Oh, wait, it's gone. Oh, wait, I forgot. My bad, guys. <laughs> this third statement from President Trump, I did not have a beautiful graphic for it. Oh, let me get us off the screen. I'm all over the place right now. There we go. This beautiful graphic from uh, I did not have. Uh, he also endorsed another individual. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> His name is John. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you see, Mr. President, how you're tripping me up by getting rid of your news desk? Okay, so he was... Uh... I, I cannot do this without actually, you know, telling you guys who he endorsed. All I know is his name is John. John is strong on crime, the border, our military, our veterans, pro-life, energy, and the economy, and are very much under siege Second Amendment. That was a statement. He has my complete endorsement. Oh, my goodness. Let me go ahead and see if I can't pull this up. That is just so embarrassing. John. 
<laughs> who did he who did he endorse by the name of John? Anyone in the chat know who I'm talking about? John Kennedy. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, he endorsed John Kennedy. President Trump did, and those were the words that he had to say. Okay, we're not even done with the Trump news here, and I'm already like falling off my rocker. Sorry, I was on an hour late today, guys. Sorry, I was on an hour late. I hope you all are enjoying the show. Okay, so uh, here's some other Trump news that we had for you guys. Oh well, no, no, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Trump news that we had for you guys. So uh, there was an article in the Star Tribune. And that was talking about um, uh, this whole thing about them wanting to sue Trump. You know how we're talking about. Okay, well, they also fined uh, the National Enquirer, the owner. They were fined for uh, supposed illegal Trump campaign aid. Now, I find this article interesting, so let's just get through it real quick. It's a short one. It says, a federal election watchdog fined the publisher of the National Enquirer $187,500 for squelching the story of a former Playboy model who claimed she had an affair with former President Donald Trump. The Federal Election Commission fined A360 Media, formerly known as American Media, for paying Karen McDougal $150,000 in August of 2016, saying the payment was made to keep her story from becoming public before the presidential election. So naturally, the FEC and the publisher's payment to Karen McDougal to purchase a limited life story, right, combined with the decision to not publish the story, um, in conclusion, was made them to see that they were trying to influence the election by keeping this story under wrap, right? Um, so can, campaign finance laws prohibit corporations from cooperating with a campaign to affect an election. I know what you guys are thinking, because you guys are savvy also. <laughs> if the FEC can go after President Trump and also the National Enquirer for putting the wraps on a story to help President Trump, lawsuits are coming. Lawsuits are going to be coming against the New York Post, the Washington Compost, all of them, right? I mean, not New York Post, the New York Times. Sorry, the New York Post has actually been kind of a good guy in all of this, but they're going to be coming. This is, this is that, this to me is that boomerang effect, right? They're going to sue the National Enquirer for covering up on this story but they're not going to sue anyone for covering up the Biden, Hunter Biden story, the Hunter Biden laptop. <laughs> I say, let them roll out with this lawsuit and let the heads roll because that's what can, that's what's going to happen. CNN, MSNBC, all of them will be sued by the FEC or they should be if they live up to the same standard here, if they don't pull that double standard, right? They should be suing them for that same information because they also covered up those stories in order to help their candidate, Joe Blow, illegitimate Joe Pito, Joe Biden, right, to go ahead and win that uh, win that election. We all know it was stolen. Anyways, okay. Uh, next bit of Trump news before we get on with the show. This comes from the Oklahoman. Uh, the Oklahoma panhandle is going to get a President Donald J. Trump highway. Mm, can you imagine, guys, when we start doing our next uh, uh, Trump parades that we can all roll down? Uh, what is it? All roll down. Um, uh, what is it called here? Uh, US 287, I-287. Rolling down I-287 on the Trump highway, the Trump train coming to Oklahoma City or something like that. That will be exciting. Okay, so uh, the article says that um, uh, Governor, Kev Governor Kevin Stitt 
of Oklahoma on Friday signed legislation that would name a stretch of the highway after President Trump. Republican legislators slipped the Trump highway proposal into the Oklahoma legislature's annual omnibus bridge and highway naming bill, uh, which is typically uncontroversial. Of course, it's going to be a controversy if they're trying to name any, they would try to name a, uh, I don't know, a street corner after President Trump, and it would be controversial. Uh, then President candidate Trump visited Oklahoma in 2015 uh, on Highway 287 in Kimmerina County, um, and that's where it's being renamed. It is a 20-mile stretch of highway <clears throat> from Boise City, Oklahoma, um, um, to the Texas border. So that's kind of cool. You know, if you're crossing over into Oklahoma from Texas, you will find that there is a, an, a highway named after President Trump, right? Uh, the legislation was briefly derailed in the Oklahoma legislature when Senate Minority Leader Kay Floyd, who's a Democrat, obviously, pointed out that the state law says that you can only name a highway after someone if they've been dead for at least three years or they've received the Medal of Honor. However, legislators persisted and they made an amendment to Senate Bill 624 and they crossed out that three-year requirement so that they could go ahead and rename this portion of the highway after President Trump and that will go into effect on November 1st. All right, guys, <clears throat> that's all I got for you in regards to Trump news. Oh, wait, I got this last one. Before I forget, let me go ahead and expand this and put it on the screen for you. Now, this was actually, okay, so President Trump's making a lot of appearances at his Mar-a-Lago establishment, right? So it's like anytime they have a party at, you know, you know, at the, at the, uh, at the establishments, I don't know, clubhouse, <laughs> the president's going to stand up and speak. So uh, let's go in here. With you. It's a real short clip. I wish they would record the whole thing and show it to us, but I'm sure that they can't. Uh, so this was him at Mar-a-Lago talking about uh, the election audits that are going on right now. What they find, I wouldn't be surprised if they found thousands and thousands and thousands of votes. So we're going to watch that very closely. And after that, you watch Pennsylvania, and you watch Georgia, and you're going to watch Michigan and uh, Wisconsin, and you're watching New Hampshire. They found a lot of votes up in New Hampshire just now. You saw that. Because this was a rigged election, everybody knows it. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be watching it very closely. But start off by you just take a look. It's on. It's on closed circuit. I guess it's on all over the place because everyone's talking about yesterday front page of the New York Times. They didn't want to write it, but that's because they thought they were going to have a negative uh, decision, and the judge gave them gave us a positive decision. All right. So that's just what, and that's going to be the perfect segue into the rest of our show because we're going to be talking about election audits now, guys. Now, Jabel asks, hey, Jabel, what's up, sweetie? She asked, what is with his news desk? Why did they take it down? Um, I, I, I honestly think um, they said in a statement that it was an auxiliary part of their overall plan. So maybe they're trying to figure how many people would tune in or who would pay attention or what have you. I'm not sure. Um, but that to me signals that maybe his uh, his um, his social media platform might be coming out. That's kind of what it says to me. I just wish I would get an email with his statement updates. But, you know, I guess you have to be a member of the club for that. <laughs> Mr. C's not part of the club. OK. All right. Let's get to Eric. 
Arizona, guys. Okay, we had some. Okay, so before we go into it too deep with Arizona, we'll do a quick update with Dr. Kelly Ward, chairman of the GOP, and see what she had to say about uh, what's going on up there. So, what do we got? Uh, three minutes on the screen. Let's go and give her our attention. This is from Memorial Day. This update was from, and uh, you know, she has some pretty good information. from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. I hear some of you have been missing me, so I'm glad I'm back. Today is Memorial Day, and Americans celebrate this national holiday in many ways. Family gatherings, attending parades, as an official start of summer, and visits to the cemetery or to memorials to lay wreaths and flowers to honor their loved ones. It started just after the Civil War, and that's uh, when it began, and it still is, the day we honor as a nation those men and women who gave their lives to protect America, our freedoms and our liberties, and all that we hold dear in our nation. As a military wife and as a patriot, I know I'm joined by millions of Americans who honor and extend our heartfelt thanks to all who have made that ultimate sacrifice on behalf of all of us. May God bless all of you and these Gold Star families. As for America's audit, counting continues today and the latest total has hit 1 million ballots evaluated and hand counted. That's in large part due to more volunteer counters in place and that gets us to nearly 50% of the 2.1 million 2020 ballots cast in Maricopa County. Auditors are still estimating a late June finish for the audit. We also know that there has been additional discussion among the Arizona Senate and the auditors regarding the possibility of hiring a California-based election transparency group called Citizens Oversight to run an entirely electronic recount of digital images of ballots to count all votes cast for every single race on the county's ballot. These totals could be used in every race to compare totals with official totals for Maricopa County and from the audit itself. Ultimately, it would be a decision that Arizona Senate President Karen Fan and her team would decide if they deem it necessary. We've also learned that Senate President Fan and Senator Warren Peterson, the uh, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, they will take the lead. Um, in communicating progress of the audit you know, from here on out, rather than having Ken Bennett as the liaison. Really, it's the best way to keep lines of communication straight and open to media requests as they pour in from around the nation to that group. Of course, <laughs> attacks on the audit have never waned. We can only expect them to continue and to ramp up considerably as we get closer to the end of ballot counting. It's common to hear, um, we, we hear the audit undermined through the distorted lens of the Democrats and their partners on the far left and in the mainstream media. They call it the bogus audit, the Republican audit, the fake audit, the fraud it, the right-wing inquisition, and now they are preparing for the worst of all scenarios for them, as if they know something we don't. Don't be fooled by their propaganda and lies. 
America's audits is in good shape and proceeding responsibly, professionally, efficiently, effectively, and on time. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you at our next update. Yay, that's Dr. Kelly Ward. Okay, very fond of this woman. I, I just admire the integrity that these people are moving through, uh, even with all the pressure that they're facing over there in Arizona. So yeah, so that was a that was a cause for celebration. For those of you who are drinking out there, have a shot for uh, reaching 1 million ballots in Maricopa County. Of course, you know, that was back in uh, Saturday that that happened, but that's a great deal, guys. Like that, I mean, to me, that they're moving like way quicker, it seems like, than they were at the head of this of course, they did have more tables added. They had more shifts added. Okay, so it says here that um, uh, Ken Bennett, the former SOS, who's the liaison, um, uh, or at this point was, I think he's going to be replaced if this uh, was correct, right? Um, they announced on Sunday that they would also be adding a third shift um, as of June 1st. So they now have a night shift, right? The third shift, it's only 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And again, this is all volunteer run, right? So I think they're moving along quickly. Uh, more updates, you don't gotta hear it from me, you can hear it from the horse's mouth. So let's go ahead, let me go ahead and prep that for you guys because there's bound to be, hey, it's uh, yeah, horse, it's what's her face, Danielle from Four Patriots. Okay, hold on, let me go ahead and let her speak her piece while I get this going. But yeah, we'll go ahead and listen to uh, uh, former SOS Ken Bennett on his update. Now, uh, the Gateway Pundit has been on the ground there like uh, this entire time. Um, so this dude, he went ahead and he did a quick update with um, uh, Ken Bennett over there. So like I said, you don't got to hear it from me. You can hear it from me. By the end of the month. Um, I'm here with Ken Bennett and Randy Cullen. So we reached the halfway mark just recently. Has there been any more big updates? Or do you have any updates? We reached the halfway point uh, last Saturday. Uh, we actually had a surprisingly large number of uh, counters here on Memorial Day. And I was told by the, uh, the auditors that they had the largest single day of counting so far in the audit on Memorial Day. How so many ballots was that? We aren't disclosing the specific amount, but we're told that it's the largest single day amount so far. So things are progressing well. I would say we're now well beyond the halfway point. All right. Do you have an idea of how many ballots are being completed per day? You can't tell me that either. Okay. Can't tell you that, but one thing I would just count uh, you know. In the, un, in the untouched corrals over there, when we came back from the graduation, the untouched corrals are on the far right in the back. When we came back from the graduations um, a little over a week ago, there were 28 pallets of untouched ballots. We're now down to 15. anything that indicates fraud? 
there are no findings that will be released. Uh, while we're doing it, everything will be part of the final report. So how will you check to see that voters were alive and citizens of the United States? That'll be, that'll be, that's one aspect of the audit that's really not part of the hand count that's occurring here. And so there are folks that have been and will be looking at those kinds of voter registration anomalies as part of the audit. You guys aren't, aren't going to be doing a canvas? It's up to the auditors. They've, there's been some canvassing done um, before. Uh, I think Senate President announced that the canvassing idea going forward was on indefinite hold. Uh, so there may have been enough work done beforehand. That'll all be part of that part of the audit. Okay. Do you have a safeguard in place in case someone like the DOJ comes in and just shuts this down? Well, <laughs> um, a way to prevent that, basically. You need to bit the door with gun, or what do you say? Something, something like that, yeah. Is, is that the safeguard? <laughs> Hold on. Because we're, we're not anticipating the DOJ. Okay. And so... Last week, you said you were working on an email regarding uh, duplicate ballots and corresponding originals and ballot organization anomalies to send to the Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County. We're still working on, still that. Working on that. We've done some, some rough evaluations of how many uh, duplicate ballots there are and, and why there's not a corresponding serial number on the ballot that was duplicated uh, and the ballot that was made as a duplicate. So uh, Arizona state law requires that, and it was clear in the, in the boxes of duplicated ballots that, that doesn't seem to be uh, what was done. So we have some questions from Maricopa County, and we'll continue to prepare uh, questions for them and see if we can get some answers. All right. And then I'm noticing the left, the media, they're all getting super worried. Do you think this is going to start spreading to other states, other counties? They're very worried just about this process. Well, I, I think uh, I think there's some people that thought that uh, for one reason or another, maybe the audit would kind of fall apart before now. The fact that it continues every day, picking up pace, uh, we're well over halfway. Uh, the number of uncounted ballots uh, has, has dropped from 28 to 15 in just the last week or 10 days. All of those are signs that uh, the audit is proceeding uh, smoother than ever. And if that uh, worries some people, that's that's their problem. Right. Uh, we're, we're committed to getting the audit done. And uh, the bottom line is not palatable. We essentially, in nine days, have gone through almost half. So by the end of today, we will essentially have gone through half of the county so, are, are you expecting other states and other counties to start following? I, I'm, giving no, I'm giving no thought. I, don't, I doubt that Randy is either as to what other states might be doing or should be doing. That's up to them. If they want to look at Arizona as a, an example, they are I'm, I'm hearing stories like apparently a lot of people are that uh, other states are watching Arizona do this and thinking about. What do they want to do that to? Is there a delegation consisting of State Senator Doug Wow. 
mean, can I show that? Yeah, let's go out and look at it. Just copy it. Just post it. That's real. Have that one. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Yes, I, I will add that in the article. I, I have one more question. Are you guys still looking for volunteers? Yes. Where can volunteers sign up? They can go to fundtheaudit.com slash volunteer slash. All right. Thank you. All right. I think they still have about 200 volunteers. All right, guys. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, first off, I apologize on the audio quality. It was a little muffling on the side of uh, the recording the reporter there, but then also I have really bad sound here over at the C report. Uh, so I still got to kind of like invest in some stuff to make the sound quality better here. So anyways, that's why I also kind of like sound like echoey or like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a mic here. So I'm running off of whatever's on my uh, equipment that was uh, given to it. So I apologize for that, but yeah. So basically, I mean, you guys already heard about it. If you read the articles, if you've seen other news reports or other content creators are talking about how, you know, they've gone through uh, a million of the ballots. They only had like 15 left. They have added a third shift. They've added like up to almost 30 tables. They've had a slew more volunteers that are coming in and they're asking if anyone else still wants to volunteer you can still do it you just got to go to fundazaudit.org i think is what he said it was and then they can go ahead and get you guys hooked up if you're in the arizona area i mean if i were in arizona and i had the free time i'm not judging anyone but if i were in arizona and i had the free time i would like want to be part of history and that's basically what this is this is history that we're watching and living through right now as we speak. So I think that would be an exciting thing to do. So I was like, I'd love to be on the ground in Arizona. I'd love to go interview these people, but you know, you do what you can from where you can, right? So that's what we're doing here, guys. So now, uh, the thing that I found funny about this gateway repundant reporter is that he's always kind of pushing issues that they can't talk about, obviously. They can't talk about whether or not that they're gonna, there's criminal activity involved. They can't talk about the fraud that they've found. They can't talk about you know other states that might be coming in. So uh, uh, former Secretary of State Ken Bennett is really playing it by the ear. He's really crossing his T's and dotting his I's to make sure that he is proper on all fronts in regards to that, because you don't want to telegraph to your enemy what you're doing, right? And we'll talk about uh, a lawsuit that's been filed against them because of this in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about uh, the Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania people who are coming in through now. Here's, I'm sure all of you all have seen this photo, because after all, the Gateway Pundit is the most trusted news source anywhere for patriots, I've found. Hey, I use them as a constant resource myself, so I'm not dogging them or anyone that uses the Gateway Pundit. But uh, yeah, so this photo has come out. Now, this is uh, this is the uh, the uh, Pennsylvania delegate that went over to Arizona. So it's uh, Pennsylvania meet Arizona. This is what we're going to be talking about. Um, and so uh, who is it? Let's see here. I got uh, this is the uh, this is their release. So this way you guys can see it. Let me go and expand that for you guys. Uh, Senator Doug Mastriano released this. The Pennsylvania delegation will visit Arizona to observe historic election audit. A delegation of state senators from Arizona requested the appearance of Senator Doug Mastriano, Senator Chris Dush, and Representative Rob Kaufman to visit with Arizona legislators and tour the Maricopa County Election for Forensic Election Audit. Maricopa Ele Election Forensic Election Audit. Okay, I read that right. Okay, let me expand that for you guys. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to keep it so to myself. 
Now it says here, the AZ Forensic Election Audit is the most comprehensive election audit in the history of the United States. The audit includes four main stages, registration and votes cast audit, vote count and tally audit, election voting system audit, and reported results audit. Transparency is a must is our republic. Every citizen should be confident that their vote counts. There are zero taxpayer dollars being used for the trip. So uh, that's, I guess, their notice that they put out there. You know, when you read things like this, like transparency is a must is our republic. I think they meant transparency is a must in our republic. But I tell you what, I could probably make a good living being an editor or a copyright editor for like, state houses and newspapers and even the websites because every freaking uh, website i go to they have all these grammatical and spelling errors it drives me nuts but it's okay guys um <laughs> we're all as professional as we can be okay so let's see uh, mastriano asked for an audit in bolton county now here's a little bit of the history of pennsylvania and why i mean we guys know we know what's up in pennsylvania we saw the hearings that they had back in january february we know the, the fraud that occurred right but just so uh, to keep uh, to keep all the trolls up to date um um Mastriano had asked for an audit in pennsylvania and it was conducted by wake technology services now that is very interesting to me because Wake Technology Services was the same group that worked in Arizona whose contract expired on the 14th of May. And then you remember the media made this big deal about it. They were all, oh, well, they're not coming back. They don't want to help you in Arizona anymore, this Wake Technology Incorporated Services. But, I mean, as it turns out, they're the same people that did the audit in Pennsylvania. So maybe there was a reason why they were not going to have their contracts renewed. Maybe... They wanted to scope out the way they did it in Pennsylvania so they could see exactly how they cheated in Pennsylvania. I don't know. That's just speculation. Don't claim me on it. But I think I do find it interesting that Wake Technology Services is the same people in Arizona who are now gone that also did the edit, the audit over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, now it says here, Dush and Kaufman in November 2020 called for a statewide audit of the election, citing reports from the media and from Pennsylvania about potential fraud. Um, it says, over the last several days, stories coming from local and national media outlets, as well as personal reports made to our offices, reveal a multitude of claims surrounding the integrity of the recent elections in Pennsylvania. Irregularities and inconsistencies in, uh, associated with the conduct of the elections, together with accusations of barriers to the transparent tribulation of election results warrants a closer and more comprehensive examination than state agencies thus far have undertaken. All right, next photo I have for you guys. Here's a picture of these guys actually on the floor. So yeah, this was breaking news. This uh, this guy from the Gateway Pundit providing all of this this uh, photos and stories for us. I found it quite interesting that uh, the people from Pennsylvania, I would assume, are not wearing masks. They're probably like, we're not in our state. We're not going to wear these masks. We don't have to do it. Anyways, it says Kaufman and other Pennsylvanian um, Republicans um, the following month said that the analysis of election data revealed troubling discrepancies between the vote count and the total number of voters. And it seems to be that that's the main, um, I don't know, uh, a hinge that has gotten um, to move forward with all of these election audits is this discrepancy between, you know, 
what the, the machines say and what they actually saw uh, in hand. So former Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookbar, we all remember about Bookbar, uh, a Democrat, she dismissed these allegations. She's also the one that gave them rules on how to interpret uh, signatures, right? She made up her own little like list of rules and she forced them on them, which was against their state legislation, which she should have gotten in trouble for, but she didn't. All right. Um, she said in February that, you know, whatever like audits that that Wake Technologies Incorporated had done was sufficient. But we all know it wasn't. So, I mean, this thing is on a roll right now. Um, I have a, a video here with Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. I'm going to play it just because I'm, a, I, you know, I like Giuliani. Uh, I know he probably had quite a few. Oh my goodness, goodness, these commercials. I know Giuliani has been looked at, uh, you know, crossly in the past for some of the things that he did when he, I mean, you know, I didn't live in New York City. I don't know anything about that. I just know that when it mattered most, uh, he was standing on the side of the American people, even if people want to say he was doing that for his own self, his own self fame or his own self, whatever. Um, I, I think he was, he was where he needed to be when he needed to be, just as we all are. Uh, when the time comes. So let's go ahead and just, it's a real quick, it's a real quick snippet. Jesus. I love you. Okay. Change what was going to happen. Right? You're going to see in a minute, we're going to play some stuff about Raheem. You can see downrange. That's the power of the show. We're looking downrange all the time. We're, cut, we're cutting out the, uh, the noise and looking at the signal. Rudy Giuliani understood that. That's why he went to Gettysburg. That's why he went to Phoenix. That's why he went to Philadelphia. That's why he went to Atlanta. That's why he went up to Detroit, mocked and ridiculed the entire time. He's a honey badger. He doesn't care, right? So, Rudy, as you see this playing out today, we only got a couple minutes. Do you think that we, we have the justification on the evidence that you have seen, sir, as a prosecutor and a law and order guy all your life to pursue, to legitimately pursue at the state Senate level in these sure. various other states? Do you believe that? Sure, we had it then. We have more now. Uh, if we're talking about, and you're absolutely right in your analysis, Arizona, I mean, I don't want to minimize Arizona. What happened in Arizona was terrible. But in terms of numbers and scope, uh, Georgia is bigger, and Pennsylvania is massive. But remember, they had to overcome different numbers of votes. So Arizona had to overcome, like, you only have to overcome about 10, 11,000. Atlanta, it's not very much. And uh, Pennsylvania, it's about 80,000. But the level of the fraud, I mean, basically, they defrauded to the extent they needed to do. I mean, the, uh, what, somebody asked me, when are they going to stop the counting in Pennsylvania? I said, when Biden, when Biden wins. That's when they will stop the count. So just pr produce enough ballots so he can win. I mean, I knew what was going on when it was going on. I had a feeling the night they called off the count that that's what they would do. Look, I know crooks. I spent my life, you know, sort of like thinking about how crooks back. And I, I knew they were going to do something on the day of the election. And when he was ahead by 800,000 votes in, um, in Pennsylvania, I told people around me who were sitting at a table at the White House, they let this go too far. And they, they must be panicking right now. You can't make up 800,000 votes legitimately. Well, you can't, actually. We, we have experts who tell you that. We have statistical experts that say it's actually impossible in that period of time with the number of votes left to have made up for virtually every person had a vote for Biden. Well, every person did vote for Biden. <laughs> and then they produced more. That's why you have an overvote, that they produced even more votes. So, yes, we have the evidence. 
it'll be even more. We actually have more evidence in, in, in uh, Georgia, probably than anyplace else, because the state legislature there did a great job. They had three hearings more than anybody else. A lot of it's produced by them. It's all, let me emphasize what you were saying, Steve. It's all our citizens that are testifying. And they're the ones that the judges wouldn't hear. Not me. I wasn't going to testify. They wouldn't hear They wouldn't hear the woman in Detroit who came here as an immigrant from India, earned a doctorate, worked for Detroit for 30 years. Yeah. And they were teaching her how to cheat. And she actually went to confession. She went to confession because she felt that they were making her sin. Good Catholic. These are real people. These are real people who feel that America is not America anymore. And it isn't. Well, it, I tell you where it is. You can see it because these are patriots that are answering the call of duty. That's why it's America. It's always going to be America. Here's the thing. Everybody take a deep breath. Put your shoulder to the wheel like the patriots in, in, in Arizona. And we got this because Rachel Maddow can't stop it. The New York Times can't stop it. CNN can't stop it. Inexorably, when patriots put their shoulder to the wheel, good things happen. And America takes it to the next level. We're going to save democracy from these bandits. Okay, Rudy, your podcast on fire. How do people get the? Uh, okay. And then he didn't really tell him about, well, the, the clip cut there about his podcast. His podcast is uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, Common Sense. And uh, I have the first four episodes and probably the most critical episodes of that podcast because they got scrubbed on my personal YouTube account. And that's where he lays out all the information. He shows out all the receipts on uh, on the uh, the Trump um, era um, uh, trials that they were doing against him for treason and for blackmail and for, uh, you know, President Zelensky and the Ukraine. Like everything is there, including a lot of dirt on Hunter Biden. So anyways, you can go check that over there if you want. If you can find it, I would recommend you go find it anywhere else. But yes, so. This is a Steve Bannon is saying, wild man of Borneo Bannon, right, is saying, uh, Americans, put your shoulders to the wheel and things will get done. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. Like when we are given the right information, correct information, we will act. You know, it doesn't take an act of Congress or the people of America to get something done. If we're given the correct and right information, we will act. And we've seen that in time and time again since you know, since, you know, President Trump's election was stolen from him, uh, it's it's up to us, guys. Like, they can't do it on their own. They can't just say, oh, well, you know what? He uh, he obviously, the, the Constitution was violated, so we're just going to throw the military in there, and we're going to have a Myanmar, and then we're going to have blood in the streets, and we're going to have half the country divided, and people will be dying. No, he needs us to wake up and act. And I think these audits are a chief way of showing them showing the world how to do it. Not only are we a living example of freedom and you know the ability to be free, but we're also a living example of how to take these people out without too much bloodshed. Because we already know that the, that blood has been shed, obviously. And maybe, maybe, whoops, <laughs> maybe I'm just too much of an optimist. You know, um, but you know what? I would rather be an optimist than a cynical pessimist any day of the week, because everyone knows cynical people and sarcastic people end up dying of cancer in the end anyways. Okay, 
Let me get off of my soapbox, right? Okay, and so, uh, okay, so let's talk about some of these things, because we're almost done with Arizona, guys. We're almost done talking about Arizona. But uh, again, like, they have received so much opposition there. And Bannon says, you know, uh, Rachel Madcow can't stop them. MSDNC can't stop them. Uh, Fats Anderson, Crack Lip, uh, Cooper can't stop them. Uh, Crack Pipe Lip, sorry. Cooper can't stop them. Um, So no one can stop them. But that does not mean that these uh, Democrats and progressives have not tried to stop them at all. Now, what has been one of their main methods of of, um, fighting against this Arizona audit has not only been, of course, the media and all the lies that the media tell everyone and keeping everyone in Arizona complacent to the point that you fall asleep when they have a show on air, but... They've also been using lawfare. We know that uh, Perkins Coy, Hillary Clinton's uh, pet law firm with Mark Elias, descended onto Arizona with like 103 lawyers, right, to try and battle out any way that they could. What is some of the things that they have done, right? Uh, they have, um, let me see here, they have, they've tried to sue them for defamation, Right. Uh, That's one of the last things that we saw. Like they were telling him, well, because you told everyone that we deleted the files, we're going to sue you for defamation. Right. Okay. Dumb. Right. Dumb. Okay. So then what else did they do? They sent him a, they sent him a writ of notice that was like, you better preserve all the documents that you have on the audit of Arizona because we're getting ready to sue you. Right. Just, these are all just intimidation factors. If you ask me, then they also tried. Uh, they, they tried to get them to put that on hold, and now they're suing them. They're suing them because they have not handed over all of their documentation. Now, this one takes, you know, takes the cake, right? Because in Michigan County, in Antrim County, Michigan, they never gave them any of their discovery. They never handed over any of the documentation to Matthew DiPerno's law team, even though that is the proper step to take in litigation. They have to give over their discovery. Never did it. Never, ever, ever did it. Not even not even before the judge dismissed the case. Right. This is what they do. Right. Uh, they 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 are they have such a double standard. Right. So if um, it's OK, if, you know, the defendant, which would be the state of Michigan, does not hand over their documents. Right. Oh, what else do they do in Michigan? They were calling for them to release all of this documentation and the citation, the paperwork behind wretched Gretchen Whitmer not getting over her COVID-19 nursing death. Uh, death nursing home death data like and they never give that to them you know they finally finally it took an award-winning a journalist who finally got some of the FOIA requests uh, even though the state senate sued them subpoenaed the information that's what it took right so now these guys want to sue the arizona senate for not handing over this material so the plaintiff in this case is american oversight you guys might have heard of American Oversight before, but American Oversight is a nonprofit organization. Again, under the guise of these 501c3s, do we see all this dark money working against the will of the people? And they are basically a FOIA request watchdog. So you file a FOIA, they're going to go after you. They're going to kind of try and figure out what you're doing, try and use litigation to like either, you know, turn it over or prove you wrong or try and get that discovery, right? So this way they can start, you know, working on their case against you. But uh, but what this American oversight nonprofit has proven to be is a left-leaning organization that basically hates America because 
you know, they do. And, and they were one of the ones that were really against President Trump. So that, that's actually one of the reasons why this organization came to be. They were all about, like, attacking him in any legal way possible. Let me see if I got... <laughs> you know who that's... Do you know who that is, right, guys? That is the love child of Karl Rove and Oogie Boogie. That is none other than Mark Elias. That is Hillary Clinton's personal lawyer, who is also one of the heads over at Perkins Coy. So yeah, I like to say that. I mean, it's not it's not a flattering picture, but yes, the love child of Karl Rove and Oogie Boogie. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about American oversight and the lawsuit that they're giving against the state senate there in Arizona. Now, this is from their website, AmericanOversight.org. You don't gotta visit it, but this is where it's from. It says, on Wednesday, May 19th, American Oversight sued the Arizona Senate under Arizona's public records law for failing to release documents related to the Senate's partisan audit of the 2020 general election ballots cast in Maricopa County. American Oversight is represented in the lawsuit filed in Maricopa County Superior Court by law firm Coppersmith Brockman PLC. Now, Coppersmith Brockman PLC, as well as Perkins Coy and another law firm, all signed this letter. They put their name on the letterhead so it could look nice and intimidating. So they're all part of the same group here, right? Now it says, in April, American Oversight launched an investigation of the state Senate's partisan audit of the Maricopa County ballots following Arizona Senate President Karen Fan's announcement that the audit team would be led by the firm called Cyber Ninjas, who was also in Michigan. American Oversight filed a lawsuit of public records requesting with the Senate for documents related to the audit. In the weeks since they opened the investigation, only a handful of records had been released and local and national reporting raised significant questions about the audit's integrity. Uh, notably, the Senate did not release information on how it intends to aggregate data from the audit nor has it released any recruitment or training materials for the presumably dozens of volunteers and employees who are staffing the audit. Um, it says here, um, uh, Austin Evers, who is the executive director of American Oversight, said, if President Fan had kept her promise to run a transparent process, we wouldn't be forced to go to court today. Instead, President Fan is playing a legal shell game like they don't do this themselves, right? Insisting that the audit is official state business when it needs to issue subpoenas, then keeping it at arm's length to duck transparency laws. Now, on May 4th, the Senate notified American Oversight that there are no more responsive documents to provide at this time because the Senate does not have custody, control, or possession of any of the records requested. And a week later, they submitted a supplemental request to confirm the Senate's position, expressly seeking the following records. So this is what they want. They want the contracts between the Senate cyber ninjas and third-party vendors. They want records reflecting the audit's budget and any external funding it may have received. They want plans detailing the audit's operation, including security measures, chains of custody, organization charts, and investigation techniques. And they also want the plans and training materials for direct voter contact. So 
again, guys, this is all the stuff that they would not give any of the plaintiffs in regards to the audits that were going on. You know, um, Matthew DiPerno never got any of this information. You know, uh, in, any, in any instance, it's just another level of hypocrisy. And then, of course, you have an organization like American Oversight just blowing it up. And then, of course, you have the talking heads out there on CNN and MSNBC and probably even Fox who are going to go ahead and say, oh, look, they didn't hand over their documentation. But if you guys remember, like, and even, even in regards to the procedures of cyber ninjas, even the judge there in Arizona said that that would be kept under lock and key. It would be sealed until after the audit was over. And then, of course, that same judge's office leaked it for at least eight to 12 hours so that other people could see it. So we all know the game here. They're trying to get ahead of everything by figuring out all of the mechanics so they can start rap smearing and throwing mud at everything that they're doing and every entity that's involved in this audit. And it's just bubkis. So let's talk a little bit about American oversight, right? Since American oversight wants to oversee for America the fraud that, you know, the same people they work for incurred, um, a little bit about American oversight. So uh, again, this is something that American oversight said in regard to the Maricopa County audit. They said the audit, which involves a hand recount of more than 2 million votes and will cost the state $150,000 is not based on any evidence of widespread voter fraud in Maricopa County or elsewhere. In fact, an independent audit in February confirmed that the ballots in the county had been tabulated accurately and that there were no irregularities with the election equipment or software. Sounds like New Hampshire to me, right? You have this sham fraud going on just so that you can say that there was no fraud so that there has not have to be any type of forensic audit. It just, it makes no sense. Of course, it makes sense to us, right? But to these people who are obviously scammers, who obviously are like, you know, basically preying on people who are not initiated or who are too apathetic to care about what's going on in their own backyard, they will say crap like this so that this way they can just get along with their lives and live on in their own merry life. It's just, it's bull, right? We all know it's bull. So what American Oversight did not mention was that not one single ballot in that February audit was looked at. And also that a few machines, that all they did was look at some machines and take them apart. And then the auditors claimed that everything was okay. There was not a full audit. There was not a hand count, nothing like that. Maricopa County paid $100,000 for those two audits because they had one in February and one before that, before we got to the audit they're doing now. And, um, and they declared that everything was okay, right? Okay, everything was okay. So they're working pretty hard there. I think uh, this Mark Elias guy is probably sweated down to skin and bones because nothing is going their way right now. Now, let's find out who is behind American oversight, right? Okay, so I'll pull this guy up here. Now, this little piece of documentation shows you who their director is, their director chair, president and their treasurer. Okay. Uh, you guys could probably see that name. I'm going to expand it just a little bit more for the fun of it. Mark Elias. Oh, right there. Mark Elias. He's the chairman director of American Oversight. Hillary Clinton's lawyer. You guys all know John Podesta. I know you do. Don't tell me you don't. And he was the president of American Oversight, a director. And finally, this guy, Ron Klain. Ron Klain, 
He is also associated with Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, sorry, um, Biden. He's Biden's current chief of staff. That says enough right there. And keep in mind, guys, this American oversight as a 501c3 is supposed to be nonpartisan. They're supposed to be nonpartisan, nonpolitical, but everything that they do is to go after conservatives or people like President Trump or anyone that is America first minded, anyone that would get in their way. So all of the all of the tea has been spilled right here on these individuals. I don't know how they think that they can move forward with any amount of integrity, but of course we know they've never had integrity to begin with. All right, so enough about Arizona. That's what's going on there now. Let's go over to Georgia. All right, guys, Georgia time, Georgia peach. Okay, so this one was fun um, because, okay, as you guys may have recalled from past episodes of the Sea Report, um, we've been talking about Georgia. We know at the latest update uh, that they left their, their secure house for the ballots wide open, right? We don't know what happened yet. I don't have an update on that yet. I was scouring the interwebs for it today. But one of the viewers, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was here at the Foxhole app, was telling me, they told me like two or three times, someone served Brian Kemp. Someone served Brian Kemp. They served him. And then they told me it was actually... Um, it was actually Candace Taylor. Candace Taylor served Brian Kemp. Candace Taylor served Brian Kemp. And I was like, what for? But I could not find the sauce. I could not find the receipts. I finally found some stuff, guys. So Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, has been served in hand by Dr. Candace Taylor himself. And we have it on film, guys. And yes, indeed, it is in regards to election integrity and to a demand for a forensic audit of the 2020 election by the people of the state of Georgia in these fair United States of America. Let's roll that film. Okay, so let's go ahead and we'll start with this, guys. Now, in case you guys don't know who Dr. Candace Taylor is, she is running for governor in the state of Georgia. So, and we actually got to see um, her give a speech uh, over at the Q&A channel. You guys should go check it out if you have a chance. She gave a pretty good speech and, um, you know, she's a, she's, a, she's a teacher and now she's running for the governor of Georgia governorship of georgia we'll start with this video and then we'll get to the one where she serves camp in hand oh god it's so good all right cool Constitution thoroughly. It's not complicated. It's 
it's not hard, it's not difficult, because we the people of Georgia have all the power. The elected officials, you see, they're public servants, they're trustees. We've entrusted them to protect our interests and to make decisions to protect our rights. But we the people of Georgia are demanding a forensic audit. If you want to get involved, I have some notices that you can send yourself. If you're a citizen of Georgia, please go to my website, Candice Taylor, K-A-N-D-I-S-S Taylor.com. Send me an email. It's Candice Taylor at gmail.com. And I would love to send you a copy of this notice so you can send it to your Georgia legislator. I love you. We're in this together. But we're going to have Georgia audit. Forensic audit of Georgia starts now. We the people demand it. Okay, so clearly Vernon Jones is going to have a run for his money, right, guys? Because <laughs> Vernon Jones called a, called a meeting over there and it was at Liberty Plaza Park in, in Atlanta. But man, this woman, she's taking it to the mountaintop. Okay, so Candace Taylor, Dr. Candace Taylor, is clearly calling for a forensic audit of Georgia, the state of Georgia, right? And um, like I said, she's running for governor. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna we're gonna pull up her her information on the screen. All right, so you guys can see. Now this is CandiceTaylor.com. Uh, she is a like I said, she is she is a teacher, possibly a former teacher. She is a mother of three, and she's running for governor for Georgia in 2022. Her campaign flat platform centers around election integrity and demanding a forensic audit of the machines and ballots for the 2020 election. So if you are in the state of Georgia, because again, guys, we're done with depending on leaders on screen and leaders in the house, right? I mean, when I talk about that, I mean, leaders on screen, people like me, whatever, people who just talk at you, right? We're done with depending on people like us. We're done with depending on the politicians who've been in the swamp and who've been swindling us the entire time. It is now time for the American people to be activated. That was the whole point of President Trump and Q's posts. Like, it was time for us to actually get up and do something, not be complacent and just sit here and watch the TV and root for our favorite team because someone's doing a play-by-play. -play. We're done with that, guys. If you're in the state of Georgia or any state that's doing something like this, and I don't think I'm above, I don't think I'm above my, you know, my raising to say these kinds of things, guys. But, um, you know, you can go to the Save Georgia tab here at CandiceTaylor.com so you can figure out how you're going to do it. Now, this is where we, the people, demand a forensic election audit order. She's got the ball rolling, guys, so she needs y'all support. Vernon Jones called for it. This woman serves him in hand. Now, why does she serve him in hand? Because obviously you saw her um, emailing or she saw her folding up that letter to uh, Brian Kemp that she mailed off. Now, they sent it off certified. Two weeks go by 
and he don't respond, right? They don't get any kind of response from him. So she goes ahead and she decides to hand it to him herself in person. Let's take a look. My name is Candace Taylor and I'm running for the governor's seat of Georgia. Two weeks ago, I certified mailed affidavits and then you have sent notices thousands to our Georgia legislators, including the governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, and attorney general. Today, in South Georgia, where I live, we had a ribbon cutting ceremony for a new building, and the governor made it easy for me to serve him in person. Because we haven't had a response in two weeks, I need to make sure that he knows we the people demand an audit. I guess I want to hand you this. I gave it to a mail, but I want to make sure you saw it. Thank you. It is on. Join us as we fight and demand for a forensic audit in Fulton and Chatham counties in Georgia. Go to CandiceTaylor.com, Save Georgia, and complete the steps outlined there. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me through my website at CandiceTaylor at gmail.com. We would love to help you in solidifying a fair legal vote in Georgia. Every legal voter voting one time. Boss! Uh, boss! All right, I'll get that woman off the screen. Okay, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty exciting there if you ask me. Um, CandiceTaylor.com, getting it done, getting it. I mean, he's caught on film being served. She should have said, God, if she had said, you're being served, sir. Like, that would have been just, that would have been so classic. That would have been so great. Like, she probably would have gotten that, like, you know, fake cigar and the sunglasses uh, emojis that people put whenever they play that boss music. Like, yeah, that would that was boss level there, though. So anyways, guys, uh, that's dude, that's just a great, great point there. Like, so now we know. Now I got the sauce, guys. This was like, where is this sauce? I'm looking for the receipts on Candace Taylor serving Brian Kemp. And, and it was right there on her website. And, yeah, it's great stuff. So we'll see what happens now. Because now he's officially officially been served in hand. And, and this isn't just like what we had going on with Judge Amaro, where he allowed them to do uh, um, um, a screening, a 600 DPI screening of the absentee ballots only. And that's the only thing that they were going to look at. All the, the only thing voter GA and uh, Garland Favorito were doing over there was just going to be scanning all the absentee ballots and doing an audit that way. Right. But this one is a, a notice of serving for the entire state full forensic audit. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it over there. Are they going to bring in cyber ninjas? Are they going to bring in, you know, Jovan Pulitzer? We will find out, I'm sure, soon. OK, guys. So. Oh, boy, I got, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through COVID today, guys, because we're not even done yet. And it's almost been two hours. OK, let's talk about Louisiana real quick. We could probably do a little bit of COVID. Dinner's going to be a little bit late, but I think that's OK. OK, so Louisiana, what's going on in Louisiana? This is a flag that I don't get to show too often on my show because we don't talk about Louisiana too often. But as it turns out in Louisiana, this is another thing that's related to election integrity. Um, so they have a secretary of state over 
Harbor in Louisiana. Uh, a guy by the name of Kyle Erdogan, and that's the man there. <laughs> He's a little fluffy, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> he he has a he kind of has my style and dress though. And I'm just <laughs> like okay. So this this guy, his name is Secretary of State Kyle Erdogan, and apparently in the past this man has invested a lot of money into Dominion voting machines, right? Over a hundred million dollars he has invested into Dominion uh, voting machines. And apparently this guy is trying to do it again. And so the way they, they, the way they tout it is, you know, um, they're putting it in a bill. They're putting it in two bills, actually. So that this way, this man can get Dominion voting machines to be used again in Louisiana. And then not only that, you know, Mauricio Zero, I don't, I don't really care if Candace Taylor is a Democrat. Um, I don't think she is for some reason. Don't make me check myself on work. Okay. Should it matter if she's getting the job done? I mean, are you going to say, oh, she's a Democrat, so we can't trust her? I don't know. Sorry, guys. Someone over on Twitch is, is telling me. Now, she was at a conservative roundup in Georgia. I saw her speak myself, not in person, but I saw it live. Uh, and, you know, um, who else was there? No, I think you're wrong on that, sir. I think you're wrong on that. But uh, who else was at that place? It was also uh, uh, Ellen Wood gave gave a speech. It was all conservatives. All conservatives were at that conference in Georgia. I, <laughs> I think you're wrong about that, but it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll double check on that for next time. You see why I don't engage in chat, guys? Because then I can't finish my reports. Okay. Anyways, so getting back to this joker over here, um, Kyle Ardoin. Uh, so they're they're trying to pass two bills over in Georgia. And yeah, the, uh, I think Maurizio Zero is a troll. Anyways, okay, so um, they're trying to pass two bills over in Louisiana, Louisiana, that would basically take all of the election activity, including the vendors and the contractors and the machines themselves, and put it all into the onus of the Secretary of State. And of course, this man, if you couldn't tell by his stature, he's probably a greedy man, and he wants everything for himself including all of the information. So uh, Secretary of State Kyle Ardoin of Louisiana, um, he wants to purchase $100 million of voting machine equipment and technology for Louisiana. Um, in spite of all the bad press that Domain has gotten, because we know they've gotten some bad press, but the people of Louisiana are standing up to it and they're calling attention to it, trying to stop it. Now, the two bills specifically are SB 221 and HB 373. Now, Two top Republican legislators in Louisiana support this bill, uh, along with Kyle Ardoin. And uh, let's see here. It says that uh, it says that uh, these bills are being touted as non-controversial, and that they are even hailed as election integrity maneuvers. Of course, they always tout these bills that way whenever they know it's going to be taking from the people, right? Now, it says SB 221 um, is legislation that has been considered basically uh, uh, Senate Bill 221 would block the attorney general from reviewing and potentially invalidating illegal or improper election rules enacted by the Secretary of State. And we know that the Secretary of State has uh, been the key figure in all of these elections, from Secretary of State Schnobs all the way over to Brockvar, you know they have been the, all the way over to Raffensperger. They have been the they've been the main 
turnkey in allowing this fraud to happen, right? That's something that we've seen. So this guy here is trying to take that away from the attorney general, the ability for him to examine what he's doing. Also in Senate Bill 221, it places the commission and committee supposedly designed to provide independent oversight of Louisiana elections squarely into the Secretary of State office. So again, this guy's trying to take all of that check and balance control and put it in his own pocket where his grubby little hands can molest it at will. So that's what's going on with SB 221. Now, in House Bill 373, which is a bill that was um, sponsored by Representative Stuart Bishop, it would provide that private contractors that work with the information management system of state agencies could have their registration excluded from public record. It would also mean that private contractors that work with state agencies' information systems could have their registration shielded from the public scrutiny and released only to government officials. So, hey, the people wouldn't be able to say, oh, yeah, it was in fact Dominion, you know, or there, whomever it was that they would be contracting out to help them. They wouldn't be able to put the spotlight on them, basically, you know, uh, making that an opaque topic of conversation. Registration would be interpreted to include the identity, the membership, ownership, foreign control, or any legal description of information management companies that work for state agencies. So in short, private contractors that manage information systems for state agencies could have their identity and ownership concealed from public under Representative Bush's bill, who is also being supported by this SOSSOB, you know, otherwise known as Kyle Ardoin, right? Kyle Ardoin. So that's what's going on in Louisiana. Thought we'd just bring that a little bit of attention because the people of Louisiana there are clearly fighting for the right to have this, um, to have this audit or no, to have integrity in their elections. They don't want dominion, etc. So that's basically uh, a fight that maybe if you're not, uh, if you're in the Louisiana area and you didn't know, hopefully you know you will know now and that kind of thing. But we'll see how it goes there for them. Okay, guys. So let's see what else we're going to do here. We're going to do some real quick COVID news. Uh, Let me get the virus. Let me get the Rona on screen for you. So this way, and then, you know, we'll be wrapping up the C-Report shortly. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, for watching the show as usual. I love having my repeat offenders. We've had a pretty active chat. Looks like I'm going to have quite a bit to recap next time I have uh, have that on here, uh, which will be tomorrow, of course. And we'll see what time we're coming on tomorrow. So let's talk a little bit about Corona. Okay, so now the news has broken. I know everybody knows about it and they, everyone's already talked about this, I'm sure. but. Um, um, Dr. Fauci has had some emails dropped. We'll get into that in just a second. Before we do, uh, there was a video that has recently surfaced in regards to coronavirus and its ability to be manipulated by, you know, scientists or man. Uh, And actually, it was said that the coronavirus is one of the most easiest to be manipulated amongst the um, family of viruses. Now, this came from a man by the name of Dr. Peter Dezak, who is the president of the EcoHealth Alliance, who was working in Wuhan, right? And they're also a longtime collaborator with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, um, presumably referring to, uh, let's see here, uh, they made statements about it being pretty easy to manipulate that uh, manipulate the coronavirus in the lab, inserting a spike p- 
protein into the backbone of another virus. So we have this coming out, right, guys? Okay, so if you don't believe me, let's go ahead and play the video. Okay, so here's the video I'm talking about. Uh, here is Dr. Steve Wozak, or what was his name? Steve uh, <laughs> I apologize, guys. Uh, this is uh, uh, Dr. Peter Dazak, this guy right here. So let's go ahead and hear what he had to say real quick about that manipulation. He's having an interview, and this is uh, Steve of EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, this name, EcoHealth Alliance, has been in the works with Dr. Fauci and Wuhan from the jump. And uh, here's just some video evidence of what I'm claiming. First pandemic of this century, so it's a big event. Um, so we, we started to trace back from the wildlife market which species carried the virus that came into those markets. We found that it was bats, not civets was the original idea. Right, right. So then we started looking, where did they come from? And we went out to southern China and did surveillance of bats across southern China. And we've now found, after you know six or seven years of doing this, um, over 100 new SARS-related coronaviruses, very close to SARS. Some of them get into human cells in the lab. Um, some of them can cause SARS disease in humanized mouse models and are all uh, treatable with um, therapeutic monoclonals, and you can't vaccinate against them with the vaccine. So these are a clear and present danger. Yeah. We've even found people with antibodies in Yunnan to SARS-related coronaviruses, so there's a human exposure. Right. We're now doing um, surveillance. We're just beginning another five years of work to look at cohorts in southern China to say, well, how frequent does this spillover happen, and is it associated with disease? Because I expect, just like Nepal and Bangladesh, mm -hmm. there are dozens and dozens of small spillovers going on on the planet any one time, which we just never see. Sure. Yeah, they never amplify. There are yeah. a few cases, and they're yeah. just absorbed in the illness, the overall illness of the population, right? They could say, so who cares? You know, and that's one argument. But our, our strategy is any one of those could become pandemic. There's a lot of stochasticity in what happens then. Yeah. So if we look yeah. at all of them, understand patterns, try and reduce the number of spillover events we've got, you know. But if you, you're saying these are diverse uh, coronaviruses and you can't vaccinate against them if you antivirals. What, what, what do we what do we do? Well, so I, I think that coronaviruses are pretty good. I mean, neurologists, you know all this stuff. But they, you can um, manipulate them in the lab pretty easily. It's yeah. just spike protein drives a lot of what happens with the yeah. coronavirus and at zoonotic risk. So you can get the sequence, you can build the protein, and we work with Ralph Barrick at UNC mm -hmm. to do this. Um, insert into backbone of another virus right. and do, do some work in the lab. So you can get more predictive when you find a sequence. You've got this diversity. Now, the, the logical progression for vaccines is if you're going to develop a vaccine for SARS, mm -hmm. people are going to use, um, you know, pandemic SARS. As yeah, sure, sure. But let's try and insert some of these other yeah. related and, and get a better vaccine. And I guess also knowledge of what's there. If you see something emerging, it give it a head start on making yeah. a vaccine or a therapeutic. That's true. All right. So you guys heard it there from the horse's mouth. Um, he is there able to do all that. So uh, let me let me ask you why Fauci would not do any kind of gain of function investing into the Wuhan lab or to anyone who is working on that. And it's interesting because it was a, a, the article said that as of February 9th, 2021, the World Health Organization denied that the coronavirus leaked from a lab in Wuhan. 
Granted, you know, like they're still researching that, right? And then we have Dr. Fauci vehemently denying that the Wuhan coronavirus was man-made, even though this man said the coronavirus is amongst the most easiest of viruses to be manipulated by scientists. <clears throat> but now, of course, Dr. Fauci is admitting that it may not have occurred naturally. So there's that video there. Let's go ahead and get the clown on the screen. <laughs> there is clown Fauci. Okay, that's the only way I could take him here at the Sea Report. Um, okay, so now what is developed, of course, is Fauci Gate. Uh, the Fauci emails have dropped. Now, the sad thing about it is that it was, in fact, um, um, it was a, a judicial watch. They're the ones who filed FOIA requests for information such as this, where we have the emails, the communications uh, from Dr. Fauci and other types of documentation. They don't get it. The Washington Compost is the one who ends up getting it. So the Washington Compost um, started releasing some of that. I don't even know if they released them because a lot of these, like I went over to their website and there was no Fauci emails, Fauci gate information there. I was able to download all of the emails that were released. So I do have them. I do retain those. But um, obviously, I haven't gone through them. Um, so we will go over some of the stuff that has been released. Because after all, guys, I don't break the news. I just analyze headlines. Um, and uh, here, here's some, some of what we have. Um, it says, on Tuesday, the emails um, that were released were between April 2020. They were released via a FOIA request. It says, in one of the emails from April 18, 2020, the same guy that we just watched, Dr. Peter Daszak, thanked Dr. Fauci for insisting that the COVID-19 virus was naturally occurring when both of them knew that it was not. Okay, so let me see here. That This is, is this not that email? Out of here somewhere, guys. Here we go. This is the one. Okay, so this is the email from the guy that we just watched that just admitted that, you know, coronavirus is the easiest to manipulate, Dr. Peter Dazak, right? So this is an email from him. Even the topic of the headline, let me go ahead and pull it up here. The topic of the email, thank you for your public comments regarding COVID-19's origins. Origins. Importance is high. It says, uh, Tony, uh, CCing David so that you might pass this on to Tony once he has spare a spare second. As the P1, P1 of the RO or PI of the RO1 grant publicly targeted by Fox News reporters at the presidential press briefing last night, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supporting a natural origin of COVID-19 from a bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. From my perspective, your comments are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus origins. Once this pandemic's over, I look forward to thanking you in person and letting you know how important your comments are to us. So there's that, of course. Now, again, does this give any evidence that, in fact, it was created in a Wuhan lab? I'm sure people will most absolutely agree that it does not. But again, 
if you're following the news and the headlines, if you're not just listening to what people have to say on your MSDNC, your CNN, your Fox News, any of the legacy media, then you would know for a fact that more and more is coming out, including receipts, as Dr. Paul, that's Dr. Rand Paul, an ophthalmologist, um, went on to expose on the air that, that they do, in fact, have the receipts showing that this man, Dr. Fauci, lent and gave money to gain a function um, research to people in Wuhan and those who are working on such viruses. Okay. All right. Uh, here was another email that had come out in regards to Dr. Fauci. Um, he had admitted that it looked uh, like it was engineered. Okay. So let's see if I have that email for you as well. This one is the one right here. Okay, so let me go ahead and decompress that for you guys or compress it. Okay, so in this email, it says, uh, science uh, mining coronavirus genomes for clues to the outbreak's origins. It says, hi, Tony. Thanks for sharing. Yes, I saw this earlier today, and both Eddie and myself are actually quoted in it. It's a great article, but the problem is that our uh, phylogenic analysis aren't able to answer whether the sequences are unusual at the individual residues, except if they are completely off. On the phylogenetic tree, the virus looks totally normal, and the close clustering with bats suggests that bats serve as the reservoir. The unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. So here they're saying that, you know, if you look close enough, you might be able to see that they look potentially engineered. Uh, we have a good team lined up to look very critically at at this, so we should know how much more at the end of the weekend. I would should mention that after discussion earlier today, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. So if their findings are not consistent with the um, expectations of evolutionary theory and a genome sequence, what that would say to me is if it doesn't look like it evolved, then it might look like it was engineered. So that's kind of another kind of red flag that's going up in one of these emails. Of course, there were thousands of pages of emails released. Who knows what else we will find? Well, in closing, this is something else that they found. Let's put the clown back up on the screen. Okay, there's Clown Fauci. Okay, so this has to do with the masks. Now, we all know if we look back at the timeline, I know some of you guys have a long memory out there and it, you don't need like a television showing it to you or you don't need an article repeating it to you. But we all know that when um, this whole COVID thing broke out, Dr. Fauci had said that there was no need for Americans to wear a mask. In fact, he said there was no need for a travel ban. Of course, it was probably because President Trump had said, we're going to ban travel to China. So Fauci was like, no, we're just going to do the opposite of everything that Trump says. You know, so, but Fauci had said initially back on March 8th of 2020 that he advised healthy Americans against wearing face masks, right? And then in April of the same year, when the CDC said that Americans should wear face masks for COVID, Fauci said, yes, Americans should wear face masks. And then in May of 2020, Dr. Fauci and the New England Journal of Medicine admitted that masks are little more than symbols. They are symbols that you're doing everything that you can for your country and your, your community to help protect others. You know, think about 
about others. Don't think about that you're giving yourself bacterial pneumonia. You know, don't think that, you know, you're basically destroying the lives of your children and that, you know, babies and kids will no, no longer know what a, a happy face is. Like, and that's the, that goes through to a lot of other psychological things. Then in January 25th of 2020, Dr. Fauci told healthy Americans to wear two masks instead of one. It's not enough to suffocate yourself underneath the muzzle that they're requiring you to wear. You need to wear two masks. And then, of course, on January 31st, Dr. Fauci backtracked and said that it was an insane idea to wear multiple masks. So this man has been all over the board with masks. Kind of makes you wonder if he, if he is even a doctor at all, right? Or if he even knows. I heard he's nothing but a bureaucrat. I heard he's nothing but a system swamp creature and that, you know, he basically doesn't even know anything about health and science. But since he'll push the agenda and he probably gets thrown around at all of the popper parties that, you know, he's he's a good boy for them. You know, he does what he's told. Right. That's what they want. Right. So anyways, this last um, this last uh, email that I'll be sharing with you today has to do with what Fauci told someone who emailed him that was concerned about masks. Now, this person that was concerned about masks um, oh, her name is Sylvia, and and he responded to her in a, a couple of quick questions regarding masks. Let me go ahead and uh, expand this for you. Uh, it says, Sylvia, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected, rather than protecting infected, uh, uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping our, out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low-risk location. Your instincts are correct. Money is best spent on medical countermeasures such as diagnosis and vaccines. Safe travels, Anthony Tony Fauci. This was an email from uh, um, February 5th, 2020. February 5th, 2020. When the when what the pockets of um, uh, COVID, COVID had not even come up, right? Like, that is ridiculous. February 5th, 2020, Dr. Fauci, the clown on the TV, told this woman that masks don't work and that the particles will go through the masks anyway, and it's more for those who are sick, not for those who are uninfected. That says a lot right there, ladies and gentlemen. That says a lot. So I don't know. That's pretty crazy, guys. Um, that is pretty, pretty crazy if you ask me. Okay, let me just touch on this real quick before we go. I'm already running way over time. Um, okay, so, but it's in my it's in my headline here. So this is about the humans being immune to, um, to co coronavirus, particularly once they have already contracted it. This, uh, this article um, talks about how if you have already contracted COVID-19, you've already had the illness, your body will have a lasting antibody. So that means you don't even need to get one of these fake mRNA gene therapy session vaccines or the, you know, spike protein COVID vaccine that's causing people to have embolisms and aneurysms and stuff like that, attacking you in the vascular system, right? So 
Okay, so it says here um, that people who had mild COVID-19 have long-lasting antibody protection, according to a study by researchers from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Scientists found that individuals who have recovered from a mild case of COVID-19 have long-lived plasma cells in their bone marrow that secrets, secretes low levels of antibodies against COVID-19 virus for possibly a lifetime. The study published in the medical journal Nature on May 24th involved 77 participants who provided serum samples at three-month intervals beginning approximately a month after symptom onset. Most of the participants, except for six, had mild cases of COVID-19, a disease caused by what? The Chinese virus, also known as SARS-CoV-2. Now, here's the documentation. Whoops. <laughs> Here's the whoops. Here's the documentation. Let me go ahead and expand that on the screen for all you naysayers out there who think I'm blowing it out my rear. Okay, so uh, Nature Accelerate article preview: SARS-CoV-2 infection induces long-lived bone marrow plasma cells in humans. Okay, and it says right down here: long-lived, long-lived bone marrow plasma cells are are a persistent and essential source of protective antibodies. Severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 convalescent individuals have a significantly lower risk of reinfection. Nonetheless, it has been reported that anti-SARS-CoV-2 serum antibodies experience rapid decay in the first few months after infection, raising concerns that long-lived BMPCs may not be regenerated and hum humoral immunity against the virus may be short-lived. Here we demonstrate that in patients who experience mild COVID infections, serum anti-SARS-CoV-2 spike antibodies decline rapidly in the first four months after infection and then more gradually over the following seven months, remaining detectable at least 11 months after infection. Basically saying that you remain, you, your body still produces the antibodies that would uh, help to fight any reinfection of COVID-2. So all of these people who've been infected and then they go out and get their vaccine, they didn't need them. And then they go ahead and they contract COVID-2, uh, COVID again, because what? Their body is now a covid a factory basically producing this uh, spike protein that makes them more susceptible. Those are the breakthrough cases, the ones who had both of the uh, both of the vaccines and then both of them, even even though after that they still end up getting the coronavirus, right? It's happened everywhere, and it's happened consistently throughout, guys. Thousands of cases already being reported by these people who got their, their uh, gene therapy sessions. Now, uh, the article concludes, um, it says that uh, plasma cells are a type of white blood cell developed from B cells and originate from the bone marrow. They are responsible for producing and secreting antibodies to a specific antigen. Um, now, this dude by the name of Ali Elibedi, who is a senior author of the study that we just read and an associate professor of pathology and immunology at Washington University said, last fall, there were reports that antibodies wane quickly after infection with the virus that causes COVID-19. And mainstream media interpreted that to mean that immunity was no longer or was not long lived. But that's a misinterpretation of data. It's normal for antibody levels to go down after acute infection, but they don't go down to zero. They plateau. 
Here, we found antibody-producing cells in people 11 months after their first symptoms. These cells will live and produce antibodies for the rest of these people's lives. That's strong evidence for long-lasting immunity. The researchers found that the antibody levels declined rapidly during the first four months after infection and eventually leveled off with antibodies still detected 11 months after initial infection. In addition, bone marrow samples were obtained from 19 of the 77 participants seven to eight months after infection to confirm the source of the antibodies. In 15 of the samples, antibody-producing plasma cells were detected. These plasma cells were still found in five participants who provided a second bone marrow sample four months later. No such cells were found in bone marrow samples from 11 healthy individuals with no history of COVID infection. So again, if you have had the COVID infection and you have, you know, like most of them, have succeeded in living, your body will produce those antibodies. So another, another blow to those out there who think that you need this vaccine or that you'll die from it if you've gotten it. I mean, of course, there have been people who have died. Of course, there have. Uh, this is a real thing. But again, it's this whole overblow of this pandemic that has affected most people. All right, guys, I've been long-winded. Um, just to wrap up the house tonight before I get off the air, uh, this, uh, this person, Mauricio Zero, I don't read chats typically during my show. I recap them at the head of the other shows because you just gave me, like, I don't know, uh, a freaking novel of like comments over here uh he's one of those people that says they're uh republican conservative and he probably is he's a he's a never trumper we we've been getting a lot of never trumpers in the chat over at twitch these days where they say the real patriots are the ones who are against trump yeah guy go sing it somewhere else we don't really follow that here uh and again um because i saw in the chat uh just v was saying you have to catch up on some of the replays okay uh, yesterday's replay was not working at the head of this episode. So if you'd like to catch a replay and you don't want to be too late, you can always follow me over at the Twitch, twitch.tv slash the C report. I am going to get with the boss after the show and see if we can't get that fixed so I can get it back on the Foxhole app. But anyways, you can always follow at twitch.tv slash the C report. If you would like to listen to my podcast, the C report, we do have a, a podcast station that's at anchor.fm slash the C report or subscribe to any of your favorite podcast platforms. I'm on every one of them, except I think maybe iHeartRadio or iHeart whatever. Um, and then also make sure you check me out at rumble.com slash C slash the C report. Um, I will be dropping every episode of the C report on there shortly. I promise guys, we've been on the air every day, Monday through Friday since February 2nd. So that's quite a bunch of history. If you'd like to catch up on old news reports, etc. All right, guys, uh, that about wraps it up for the C report. I don't have time for you either, Mauricio. Um, I would block you, but you're bringing up my numbers on, you know, Twitch. So I thank you for that, at least for stopping in. Okay, guys, I'm going to go ahead and I'll leave it there. I'll be back tomorrow. There's no telling what time. If you'd like to be up to date on when I'm going live, if you're on pill.net, follow me on pill.net. That way you can get updates of when I'm going live and, and it's not a hit or miss kind of thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in to the C Report for Wednesday, June 2nd. We will see you again tomorrow. And don't forget...